Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain unlimited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks, presented by the U.S. Marine Corps. DJ Bucky here. And Bucky, just one more week, and the draft is finally here. Crazy, because we're finally here. It's been a long process, but I believe we are in store for a doozy uh, when the draft commences next Thursday. Uh, a lot of intrigue about the quarterbacks, a lot of speculation. Trades may happen. Who comes off the board? I'm excited to see it, but I think it's going to be something that's different than we've seen the past couple of years. I can't remember a year where it's this hard to predict or even come close to predict what, what's going to happen. The only thing that I can predict is the first one. Yeah, Miles Garrett, check. That's it. After that, it's, 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 it's random. And that still isn't like 100%. I'd say it's 95%, but yeah, I mean, we haven't really locked anything in in this draft. It's crazy because most of the time you can begin to kind of, as you talk about, like, oh, I'm just trying to get them in the neighborhood yeah. and I can get to the right house. It's going to be tougher this year. Hoping I got him in the right neighborhood. Don't worry about the house. All right, some stuff we're going to hit on today. This is a loaded show. We're going to go favorite player round by round. So seven rounds. We each get a player for each round that we love. We're going to get back to this perfect pairings with the NFC West. We haven't done them yet. And then we're going to roll an interview. It's I think it's one of the more fascinating interviews we've done since we've been doing this show. Yeah, absolutely. Patrick Mahomes coming in here and being able to talk and explain himself. To me, it kind of changes the perception on what I thought he – might be as a quarterback and a gunslinger making the transition to the pros. He's got some very interesting answers. I think uh, the folks are going to enjoy listening to that one. But let's let's start things off here in the NFC West. This is a division, Bucky, that ran the NFL for a period of time not too long ago, and then we've seen it uh, kind of have some ebbs and flows there. But when we look at this, these uh, teams, let's try and find the two players that we think would make the most sense for them that we'd love to see. Let's start here with the 49ers. Solomon Thomas at number two I think is a perfect player and the reason he's a perfect player for them is I know they've taken defensive linemen the previous two drafts but they need an edge player a guy that can rush the pass and there's a value in a guy that can play outside and inside Solomon Thomas has a non-stop motor has explosive first step quickness and he has great hand skills that leads me to believe that he's going to be a guy that really routinely gets 10 sacks a year 
in a variety of different ways from outside or inside in that defense. Yeah, and they've taken Buckner and Armstead from Oregon the last couple of years, but this is a different type of player in Solomon Thomas. A little quicker, a little more explosive, and I think he gives you a lot more presence on, on passing downs. I like that pick there at number two. All right, let's go to pick 34, second round. Let's stay in the Pac-12, and let's go to Buda Baker, and we can list him as a safety, but Bucky, I think this is somebody that's going to drop down in the nickel and be an impact player right away. You see him blitz off the edge, what he can do there. He's got, uh, he's got great instincts, and that's going to serve him well, whether he's in the nickel spot or whether you want to play him high. I think that versatility is going to serve him well with the Niners. I know it's going to serve him well. I know they took Jimmy Ward a couple years ago. This is an upgrade, a clearly better player to me. I believe he deserves to go there. Yeah, no question. This is a newer, better version. All right, let's, uh, let's move on to the Rams, who do not own a first-round pick. But at pick 37, let's go wide receiver. Let's go Zay Jones from East Carolina, somebody we spent a lot of time talking about. The production, 150-plus catches, you know about that. So many bubble screens and underneath things. But when you get to the senior bowl, you see him stretch the field. We really saw this kid can run, and he can make plays down the field. He can high point the football. And I think he's pretty competitive after the catch. He's very competitive. He is engrossed in the family business. He's a big-time playmaker. And he's just checked off all the boxes throughout the process. Outstanding route running, great pass catches, showed up at the senior bowl and dominated. He is someone that I think can come right away and start. But I'm going to go, let's go a little later. How about Shaquille Griffin oh, like coming him. in and being a guy, outstanding athlete, a guy to really impress people at the combine. There you see him run the 40-time, coming out of UCF, long, rangy, can put his hands on, can press. Tough when kid. you have this explosive athlete that you put in Wade Phillips' system that requires man-to-man, a lot of press coverage, nice fit between player and scheme, should be a really, really good add for the Rams. Uh, he's competitive. I like him a lot. All right, let's keep things rolling here with the Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals, 13th overall pick. What do they do? Here we go. Larry Fitzgerald is on his way out. He may have one more year, so let's go get a replacement that has a game that's very, very similar. Mike Williams from Clemson, big-bodied playmaker, great hands, great ball skills, does a great job playing with a physical style. I believe you put him opposite Larry Fitzgerald for a year, then eventually he becomes a number one receiver on this offense. I don't know if you could find a better landing spot for him in terms of the way they want to play and having a mentor in Larry Fitzgerald that plays the game very similarly. Um, I think it would be outstanding for Williams. I think it's the best place he could go in the entire draft. All right, pick number 45. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball. I'll tell you what, LSU's been good uh, to the Cardinals. You look at what they've done there with Patrick Peterson and Tyron Matthew. Let's go back and get Duke Riley, linebacker, who to me is one of the most athletic linebackers in this class. You talk about range, sideline to sideline. He gives you that. You see right here him scrape. He's got some stopping power as a tackler. And, Bucky, one of the things I love when you're watching these guys when they're younger, he's a one-year starter. Same as Quan yep. Alexander, who was a one-year starter. Deion Same Jones. as Deion Jones is a one-year starter in this LSU system. You go back and watch him on special teams the year before, he was hell on wheels. He was fun to watch. You can get a lot of production out of him. You talk about special teams, his ability to step into maybe as a nickelback and then eventually as a starter. You know he's tough. He's feisty, competitive, physical. All those traits lead me to believe he's going to be a fantastic pro. All right, the Seattle Seahawks, 26th overall pick. All this Richard Sherman stuff, to me, you look at the cornerback position, could be a need even if Sherman came back. I'm going to go Obi Mellon Fonwu, and that's right, I'm listing him here as a corner. I know he's a safety, and he's going to be up on the board as a safety. We saw him at the Senior Bowl with that rare size and length. You're talking about almost six foot four, 220 plus pounds. I thought he was pretty fluid for a big guy, Buck. We've seen Brandon Browner have success in this scheme. Big corner. Richard Sherman, big corner. They love these type of guys. I would let him start out at corner, and as a fallback, he could play some safety. But I think he could hold up at corner in this scheme. I think he is the perfect replacement. He's the ideal Swiss Army knife and the, the utility man. 
Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, they can fill either spot. Cam Chancellor has a year left on his deal. He could plug and play at safety. If you get rid of Richard Sherman, he could plug and play at corner. I love the pick. I love the fit. I think he's a perfect style player for how they want to play. I'm going to go in the second round, and let's go get Deion Dawkins from Temple. This is a team that wants to be more athletic along the front line. Tom Cable has made a living out of trying to get the most out of these athletes. Deion Dawkins is a guy that can play outside. He can play inside. I think he's ideally suited to play on the inside. His rugged nature, his blue-collar demeanor should give them an opportunity to be successful running the football between the tackles. No question. I like that pick there in the second round. They have to continue to upgrade that offensive line, and I think Deion Dawkins uh, would do that for him. Bucky, two things I love. Oh, it has to be something with food. Uh, no, I love convenience, and I love a nice soft pair of underwear. <laughs> That's just, that is what it is. If, you, if you've been settling for that store-bought underwear five-packs, you're missing the boat here. I got something that's going to change your life for the better. A little MeUndies is what I'm talking here. <laughs> now, what is MeUndies? Some of the guys are asking. Oh, it's seriously soft. Feel-good undies delivered right to your door. Hey, you know, they're designed right here in L.A., made from sustainably sourced micromodal. That's right, micromodal, Bucky. Uh, a fabric three times softer than cotton. MeUndies softer than soft. Lux undies come in an ever-changing selection of classic colors, bold shades, and your favorite, adventurous patterns. I do like the adventurous patterns. So you can tailor your underwear to your own personal style. And guess what? You can save time and money each month with a monthly subscription. If you're not ready for that subscription, that's okay. You can still save. That's because Me Undies is offering you 20% off your first pair. We got a special URL. Why don't you hit them with that URL, Bucky? Oh, MeUndies.com slash NFL2017 and get 20% off your first pair. So go ahead, revamp your underwear drawer. You deserve it. Once what? again, what is it? MeUndies.com slash NFL2017. MeUndies.com slash. 2017 NFL 2017 you got it all right there you go all right let's uh, let's keep things rolling here and uh, a quarterback that's one of the more intriguing players in this entire draft class Bucky is is out of Texas Tech Patrick Mahomes plays in that unique uh you know air raid offense that we've seen all these quarterbacks go to the NFL and kind of fail so he's one that I've had trouble with evaluating you watch him I see this all this raw talent but I just don't know I, I can't commit to him I, I just don't have all that confidence but it's interesting. When you get a chance to talk with him, as we did, maybe get a chance to change our mind. What do you think? Absolutely. He's an outstanding playmaker. Take All right. A listen. Let's take a listen. What's up? Welcome back. Move the Six, presented by the U.S. Marine Corps, DJ Bucky. And we are joined by a big-time signal caller in this year's draft, Patrick Mahomes from Texas Tech. Joins us. Patrick, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you coming in, man. This is uh, – I mean, look, we're, we think we're busy this time of year, but we just heard what you've been up to schedule-wise. This has been a hectic time for you. Yeah, I think I've been in the same city since the pro day, since my pro day, same city, maybe two days from one time. I mean, I've been going everywhere, traveling everywhere, and trying to – I mean, just just have a good time, get my, get some exposure, and come up with the draft boards. Well, everyone wants to know how many, how many visits have you taken to this point? I've taken, t I think I'm gonna take ten visits and uh, eight workouts. I believe I might miss, be missing one or two, one two, but that's what I think I've done. I want to go. We're talking about the draft prospect process. I want to go way back in, into high school and growing up. You know, baseball is kind of the family business. You decide you want to play football and you decide you go to go to Texas Tech. Where else? What other schools were in the mix for you, and why'd you go to Lubbock? Yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty much Texas Tech or, or baseball. Uh, I had offers from Houston, North Texas, and Rice, but uh, I mean, really, Coach Kingsbury, he, his loyalty to me. I mean, that's what that's what brought me there, and just his track record with quarterbacks as well. You know, the thing about Texas Tech, they already had a pretty good quarterback there in Davis Webb. Uh, what was it like to compete with a guy like that during your time at Texas Tech? And what was the relationship like after you eventually won the job? 
Yeah, I mean, even when I committed there, when I committed there, they had Baker Mayfield, Davis Webb, and Michael Brewer, who started at Virginia Tech once he transferred. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just competing with Davis, uh, I knew he was going to be in this position as well. Uh, I knew he was an NFL caliber quarterback. He was kind of gotten two spots, two good quarterbacks in one spot. And, uh, I mean, we still respect each other. We still talk. We talk football and stuff like that. But, I mean, it was it was tough during the time. We, we pushed each other to – but at the same time, we respect each other, and we weren't. No one was out to get anybody. What's the biggest misconception about your offense? Yeah, I think that the quarterback doesn't have to do a lot. And uh, with Coach Kingsbury, him putting so much on me, it wasn't like we were looking at those signs on the sideline or doing all that stuff. He put, he let me audible or change any play I wanted to. I had all that freedom, and at the same time, I had to call the protection to the line, tell the receivers what routes they had to run, and then I had to tell the running back what he had as well. You know, in, in spite of all the responsibilities that you've had on there, there's still some people that would be skeptical about you coming out of an air raid system because we haven't seen someone come from that system and have success at the NFL level. Why are you different? Yeah, I mean, people can be skeptical because it hasn't happened before. I mean, really, an air raid system, no one has came out and really transferred their game. But with me, I feel like, first off, physically, I have, I have a lot more talent than a lot of the guys that have came through. I can make a lot more throws a little bit bigger, take a little bit more hits and stuff like that. And then, I mean, just mentally, I think Coach Kingsbury not doing the sign stuff, putting so much on me is going to help prepare me for the next level, having to change plays, having to see coverages and stuff like that. I want to jump into a little bit of the tape here. So I went back and watched a cut-up of all your third and six-plus throws. Okay, mm-hmm. So ended up being 93 total plays. And I saw some some great stuff in there. I saw some a big arm. I saw you off-platform, which you're kind of known for, making these crazy throws off-platform. But there were times I thought well, you had a little bit of a clean pocket. I didn't think you were transferring your weight and got a little bit reckless with the football down the field. How do you balance – you know, you got such physical talent, but how do you balance that talent with being just a little bit more safe with the football? Have teams talked to you about that, and what's your own assessment of your Yeah, play? I mean, just knowing the NFL game is a little bit, is different than the Big 12. I mean, Big 12, you, you have to score almost every drive in order to win the game, where in the NFL you uh you, you can win score 14 points and win games. I mean, that wasn't really heard of in the, the Big 12. That's not going to get it in the Big 12. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I mean, college football really in general. But, uh, yeah, I mean – it's something where I'm going to have to learn to take a little bit less risk, but at the same time keep that mentality, keep that mentality that I, I want to move the ball, I want to score every drive. But if, if something happens, we're third and 15, it might be nice just to get a nice eight or nine yards, punt the ball, and flip the field. And that's stuff that you just have to learn with process and with time in the NFL. But you're a gunslinger. How hard is it for <laughs> you to concede that the defense may win on a down and say, hey, I'm just going to dump it to the back? How hard is that for someone who has so much talent, so much arm talent, to say, hey, sometimes they win, I'm going to be okay, I'm going to do it the right way. Yeah, I mean, it's something I'm going to have to learn as I go. I mean, at the, when I'm young, I might make a couple more mistakes. I mean, I think you see it a lot with Matthew Stafford. I feel like with Matthew Stafford, he was kind of a gunslinger when he first came out. He would always try to take those chances. But as he's kind of settled his game down a lot, he can see he was almost MVP, MVP caliber season this last year. So, I mean – He's kind of settled down, and with time, he's learned when to make those throws and when not to. I'm glad you said Stafford because I, I have that down in my notes and just some of the plays and some of the throws I see you make, it's, it's uncanny how much it reminds me of Matthew Stafford. So when you study his game and see some of the different things he can do, have you ever adopted anything, especially right here, watching him throw across his body right there? I mean, we always say, like, no, 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 no. Oh, okay, okay. you got to have a big-time armor to make some of those throws. But when you watch, uh, when you watch Stafford, do you see a little bit of yourself there? Yeah, definitely the arm talent of being able to switch your positions depending on where you need to make the throw and what lane you have to throw it in. And then definitely just always keeping your eyes downfield. That's the biggest thing to me. I'm not the fastest guy, so why, 
for me, why would I run? Why would I not put it in the hands of the fast receivers, let the playmakers make the plays? You know, it's funny. You guys talked about Matthew Stafford. I compared you to a little bit of Jay Cutler because Jay Cutler at Vanderbilt had a similar situation where he had to put everything on him. And he was a gunslinger, and it's always been a challenge for him to learn how to tone it down so he could play winning football. When you look at Jay Cutler, do you see any sim- similarities in terms of the way that you play or the talent that you guys have? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, his his arm strength is something that, I mean, that I, I try to get to. I mean, he is a guy who can <laughs> sling the ball. I've watched him play, but at the same time, he's he's had some success in the NFL. It's just he's got a, he hadn't figured it out all the way, but, I mean, you see guys like that. I mean, just the hearty passion he's playing with right there. I mean, you want to you wanna go out there and throw balls everywhere and throw touchdowns. What about your a compar- comparison you have? Like, we talked about what we kind of see in your play a little bit. What do you see in yourself, or what are you trying to strive to be? Yeah, when, the guy I try to describe to be, I mean, it's for sure Aaron Rodgers. I watch a lot of his film, how quick his release is, how he extends plays but still gets back to platform and fundamentally sound and makes throws. That's what I'm trying to get to because, I mean, he does extend plays and make crazy throws, but you want to see him get – he gets back to that fundamental sounds outside the pocket. No, no question. You know, I, th- I think the big thing with, with Aaron Rodgers, when you look at him, is he has the ability to play off-platform, but he also can play a very disciplined and detailed style of ball, which would be the challenge. When you look at the way that he operates, his mechanics and his footwork, has there been anything that you've been able to glean from just watching him where you say, you know what, I can tighten up my footwork and I think I can play in that manner? I mean, yeah, you, you said it. I mean, he does the extend the play stuff. He can do that stuff and kill you there. But if you want to let him put him in the pocket and hold him in the pocket, he can – deadly accurate and can kill you that that way as well. I think you saw it with the Cowboys this last year. I mean, he tore them up from the pocket, just picking them apart and making throws. And that's just for the fundamentals and really working on his game. And uh, I feel like that's what, something I'm trying to do and trying to get to. One of the things I want to do when you're coming in today, I want to refresh myself a little bit because it's been a while since I watched you. So I hadn't seen the TCU game, so I popped that on and watched it. I want to test your recall a little bit here. Late in that game, I want to say a little bit over a minute left in the game. You guys were down seven. Need a touchdown. You guys, you lead a nice drive right down the field. What was the touchdown pass that you hit right there? I hit a, uh, we, we call it Coke LA lock. It's a little pop play, and then we have a first reads a little like pop by the wide receiver, and then the Z has an under, delay under coming behind him. I threw it to the under. You got him and got, got a yeah. touchdown, and they go to overtime. It was a great game. Oh, yeah, I didn't I'm think sure. it was ever going to end. Yeah. Uh, so we ended up going two overtimes, right? So then mm-hmm. you go and you take off. T- describe the play where you had the touchdown run there in overtime. Yeah, so we had a, a pass play called. Uh, I, it, I went through my first, my second read, and I just saw them all open up. They, had, they were kind of like a two-man type thing, so they were kind of all following their guys. And it's two-man, the uh, run with the quarterback's deadly. And so I just took off trying to get the first down, and all of a sudden I was like, man, you can get to the end zone. So I <laughs> ran, it, ran it up in there. No, I loved it. That was a good tape, man. You, so, so how unusual, like your circumstances are a little unusual because you grew up in a home where your father was a pro athlete. What have been some of the things that you've been able to learn from his success as a pro baseball player, being a pitcher in the, ma- in the major leagues for 11-plus years. Yeah, I mean, definitely just, just the hard work that people don't see behind professional athletes. I mean, I saw all that. All, when you're young, everybody thinks, oh, they're just so talented. They hit all these home runs, and that just comes to them so easy. They don't see Alex Rodriguez in the batting cage when no one else is, just hitting off a tee, just mm-hmm. hitting off the tee just straight to the back of the net and making sure everything is perfect every single day. So just seeing that stuff, I know what it's going to take to be great in the MLB, I mean in the NFL, and then uh, just by seeing those guys in the MLB. Well, we've got our, our three H questions we're going to ask you here in just a second, but before we get to that, Bucky loves when I talk about food. Uh, so <laughs> the 50-yard line, how many like how many of the little blueberry muffins can you have before uh, before you get to your steak dinner there in Lubbock? Ugh. I usually I usually don't don't really eat blueberry muffins. Not my really my thing. I'm kind of a my like kind of 
bad food we have to get away from is that Tex-Mexican food that I like to eat. So strong. I have, to, I, have to get, I have to get away from the queso and the stuff like that. So strong. Have you been to the 50-yard line? There? I have been there okay. one time, and it is nice. Strong nice. steak. Strong steak. I'm telling you, blueberry muffins. Who serves blueberry muffins as an appetizer? Is there a little, little basket out there? I, I mean, it's strong. Off there. It sounds like that strong. was a major highlight for you. But I'm. There, but the thing was, when I was going back there in Texas, there weren't any players. So I'd be in there scouting, and I'd like, I'd leave depressed, and i go, 50-yard line. We get some little blueberry that, muffins. That's your highlight. So that's DJ's highlight on the road in Lubbock. But I'm going to ask you, what has been the greatest highlight of your career coming up? Uh, definitely winning at Texas uh, on Thanksgiving night, uh, my sophomore year. Uh, I struggled that first half. I felt like I had some stuff go my way, but I really struggled. And I remember Coach Kingsbury coming up to me and saying, hey, we can still win this game. And uh, I made a big throw late, and we ended up going down, running the ball in and winning it. And uh, this, this win in there was like the first time in 19 years taking one in, I mean, in Austin. So it was definitely a big moment in my career. That, that's definitely a big deal. All right, next one is uh, greatest hardship. So what's the greatest hardship you've had to overcome in your life? Uh in my life, I would probably say just kind of my parents and them separating. But as a football player, for sure, just sitting when I first got to Texas Tech, uh, I mean, Davis Webb was a great quarterback. But as a competitor, you think you can, you're can you the best quarterback ever. So, I mean, it's something where I sat and I kind of got down on myself a little bit. And I got thrown in the game, and I don't think I was ready. Uh, and so that that was kind of the turning point in my career when I was like, hey, you got to focus up. You, you don't know when your opportunity is going to come. And, I mean, it kind of was a great learning example for me and something I look back on going to NFL is you've got to make sure you're ready for every opportunity. So who would be your biggest hero? Uh, my biggest hero would probably be my mom, if I had to say, say one person. My mom, uh, my dad, is I mean, it's awesome just to see him play. And then my godfather, just watching LaTroy Hawkins, he played 21 years in MLB. <laughs> I mean, just, just kind of those those people are guys, people and women that I really just look up to and they give me advice. All right, well, before we get out of here, i got to selfishly ask you another question here. Are my Padres ever going to be any good? I mean, you, well, I might get your dad and your godfather out of there. Come back and help us out a little bit. I don't know. They all have a young outfielder or something. Yeah, we've got Manny Margot as yeah, a nice little yeah. center fielder. we got Hunter Renfro. See? see? Yeah. He knows <laughs> Do you have a favorite baseball team? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Rangers fan, yeah. and we're struggling right now. But, I mean, we got some young, talented hitters. we got to finish off the bullpen, and we'll be good. Yeah, we need some starters. We need a little bullpen. We, anyways, Padres need a lot of help. Yeah. Uh, hey, look, it's been great to visit with you, Patrick. We wish you the best of luck going forward, man. It's going to be a fun journey to watch. We talk about it all the time, uh, uh, you know, behind the scenes and on our show. Your name of all the quarterbacks is coming up more and more and more. When you talk to people around the league, you've got a lot, of, a lot of folks excited and getting a chance to meet with you. I can see why. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. So there you go, Bucky. I, I mean, i got to tell you, just uh, kind of blew me away with his recall. You're talking about plays. He's spitting them right back to you and just had a, a command of that offense. Now, I know that offense is, is not going to be what he's going to be challenged with at the next level. But, you know, i got a sense that, okay, maybe he can reel this thing in a little bit. He's like a wild colt, but I think he can be tamed. I was really impressed with his self-awareness, being able to understand exactly how he plays the game, why he plays the game like that. Um, I think when you're aware of why you're trying to play in a certain manner, maybe it's the lack of talent around him, I do believe you have the ability to kind of rein that in. The other thing, the communication, his ability to spit out plays and say that he had to communicate it to the rest of his teammates, that's uncommon for guys coming out of that system. That could give him an opportunity have a chance to make it successfully. Yeah, I think he's going to definitely have a chance. All right, uh, time now for the Scouts Eye presented by Verizon. And uh, this is what I've been really looking forward to about today's episode, Bucky, because we're going to go round by round and just identify our favorite player. We're not trying to match him with a team. We're not trying to figure out where he's going to go. Talk about our guys. In this round, I love this player. You ready to roll? Let's do it. All right, I'll, I'll start us off here. In the first round, 
My maybe my favorite player to watch on tape in this entire group is Malik Hooker, the safety from Ohio State. And we've made the comparison a bunch, talking about Ed Reed. From the middle of the field, watching this guy handle his business, anticipate range, make plays on the football, and then once he gets the football in his hands, Bucky's darn good chance he's going to end up scoring with it. He shows he can put the ball in the paint. His instincts, his awareness, his ball skills, he is one of the most instinctive center field safeties that I've seen in some time. You just don't see guys get from the middle of the field to the bottom of the numbers with the ball in the air like he does. No, the, the pick that we just saw against Clemson. Unbelievable. I was in the building watching It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. The anticipation, the awareness, and the athleticism to make the play, and then the catching and keep his feet in bounds says a lot about the athlete and the fact that he has only played football for five years. Uh, four years, including a red shirt. Upside. When I when I look around the NFL right now, and and this is not hyperbole, but I'm saying that that interception he made against Clemson, I can count for sure on one hand the safeties in the NFL that can make that play, and I can probably drop a couple fingers down. I mean, yeah. I, that that is I, a not rare, many, rare, rare talent. Not many with those kinds of ball skills and instincts. And in this league, turnovers are critical. It's the biggest deciding factor in games. And so when you have a guy in the back end that can deliver – those kind of turnovers, you like those guys. All right, that's my guy. Who's your guy in round one? Jamal Adams, same position, different style player. Jamal Adams, to me, is a guy that I think is going to be an impact player from the time he steps on uh, campus. When he gets into the building, he's going to change the temperature of the room with his natural leadership ability. On the field, he's a versatile player, dynamic in his approach. He can play in the deep middle. He can play in the box. He can blitz. He is a FaceTime hitter, meaning he'll hit runner squarely in the hole, and he makes plays. Hard to find these kind of game changers in the back end. You talk about Malik Hooker being a guy that's a center fielder. This guy, Jamal Adams, being a drop in the box and make plays. Both safeties are terrific, should be Pro Bowl players for a long time in our league. In a scouting term, we talk about being a tone setter. Uh, he can set the tone in a game. You talk about with his physicality, you talk about with his energy, his leadership, all those types of things. I mean, that's something that's going to be valuable beyond even what we see on the field. You talk to folks behind the scenes, they rave about this kid. So I think he's going to be a fantastic player at the next round. Let's roll on to uh, to round number two. I went Buckeye in the first. I'm going to go Buckeye. Go back. Go Double back up. Buckeye in the second here. Curtis Samuel, who I don't know who's been getting as much love as he deserves here. In round number two, I think he goes off early in round number two. Ran a 4-3-1 at the Combine. The That's quietest 4-3-1 ever. you've ever heard. Yeah, because John Ross went uh, right before him and, and ran the 4-2-2. But you talk about somebody that can take the ball, hey, take a handoff out of the backfield, get a home run from any on the f- anywhere on the field. But I love him in the slot, what he does. I think he's an efficient route runner, a little bit of a body catcher. I- I'm okay with that because once he corrals the football – He's tough to get on the ground. You look at how Kansas City used Tyreek Hill. Yes. I think you're going to see its team draft Curtis Samuel and employ him the exact same way. Absolutely. The Tyreek Hill effect will certainly encourage other teams to take advantage of guys that have similar skill sets. As a runner, as a receiver, he can put the ball in the paint also in the kicking game. He's a terrific player. My player is Obi Melanfonwu from UConn, and it's the versatility combined with the physical dimensions and instincts that makes him an impressive player to me, one of my favorites. When I watched him on tape, I was impressed with his ability to just be a steady Eddie player in the middle of the field. He'll tackle. Uh, each year he got better and better in terms of his production as a tackler. Gets his hands on the ball. I want to say he had 10 career interceptions during his time at UConn. And the versatility, his ability to go out the corner, what he showed at the Senior Bowl, to me, makes him a can't miss. I believe he's going to be a star. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Obi Melanfon. I think, Bucky, what do you think? 25 to 35, I think you see him. That's the sweet spot. Maybe late first, but could also be there right at the top of the second round and be a, a good player. All right, let's go to the third round. I'm going to go to Alabama. Dalvin Tomlinson. And, you know, when you watch him, you watch all these defensive players on Alabama. 
Tell me where the bad tape is on Dalvin Tomlinson. I just see the guy sit there, hold the point of attack. I see him push the pocket. I think he's a little quicker and can get on an edge a little bit more than he gets credit for as an interior pass rusher. I think he's a darn good player. Blue-collar player. He's a hard-heading lunch bill guy. Does a lot of good things for them. I think he has a wrestling background, plays with low leverage, physical tough, nonstop motor. I like him a lot. I also like Demarcus Walker from Florida State a lot. He is, to me, a little underrated in terms of his production. 25 sacks over the last two seasons. A guy who has great hand skills, instincts, and a flair for dramatic. In the biggest games when they needed someone to close out the game, he was ultimately the closer. Athletically, he's not necessarily what scouts fall in love with, but the production and the steady impact is something that I think will lead him to have a long, successful career as a pro. Yeah, he's got that deadly swim move that he likes to use, especially on the inside. That's yep. going to be a tough matchup for guards at the next level. All right, fourth round, Bucky. We're moving on through here. I'm going to go to a running back. We talked about how deep this running back class is. Kareem Hunt from Toledo Somebody who we saw his weight fluctuate a little bit, played in the 220, showed up at the Senior Bowl. I think he lost, what, 15 pounds or yeah. something like that. Was a little bit lighter, showed some quickness, put a little bit of that weight back on and did a nice job of moving around at the combine. I think this is about the range where he's going to go. Talk about vision, balance, and power. He has it, and he can catch the ball a little bit out of the backfield if you want to use him in that way as well. You have to have versatile backs in your backfield, guys that can catch it out of the backfield. Also, their power players being able to run in between the tackles and also hold up in pass protection. He can do that. The other guy who I think can do it in this area will be Marlon Mack from South Florida. When I looked at the tape of Marlon Mack at South Florida, one, that quarterback that plays there is really He ain't bad. As an athlete. <laughs> but the fact, three 1,000-yard seasons, 32 career touchdowns. Um, Marlon Mack is a special player to me. Kind of sneaky with his power and explosiveness. Catches the ball well out the backfield. To me, he is the modern-day pro football back in terms of being able to do a lot of different things out the backfield. Fourth round, if he's there, he's a nice value, one of my best players. Well, I've, I've been looking for a comparison for him, but I just saw that. He looked a little bit like Run DMC, a little Darren McFadden. Oh, a little D-Mac. Upright, upright big-time speed and juice. No, I like that one. All right, let's. Uh, this running back position is so deep. Let's go with a third one here. Round number five, one of our favorite players we've talked with in the run-up to the draft, James Conner from Pitt. Talk about an amazing story. We all know it. The kids battle through and overcome cancer to get back on the football field. And you want somebody that runs angry and runs with a chip on your shoulder? This is your dude. Get out of the way, Mr. Referee, because he'll run through you as well. I mean, he is he's so much fun for me to watch. Clemson, Ben Bowler talked about the fact he broke his face mask trying to tackle this dude. I mean, he is a bull in a china shop with a ball in his hands. Physical, he's rugged. I can see him as the ideal four-minute back. Closing out the games, grinding out, short yardage, goal line situations. He should be very, very productive. I like his ability. The kid that I like in the fifth round, KD Cannon from Baylor. He has kind of flown under the radar as a wide receiver, but you talk about the juice to take the top off the defense and to create big plays. He has that in spades. Big-time playmaker, can get over the top, stop-start quickness, is outstanding. Played in a system that didn't require him to run routes, but as a vertical playmaker on the outside in a draft that doesn't have a lot of speedy options, KD Cannon might be the ultimate sleeper in the fifth round. We talk about these Baylor receivers every year. Hitch, slant, post, go, right? That's Keep all it simple. That's Keep all you got to do. All right, let's move on to round number six here. I'm going to go small school, and I'm going to go Drake. And I'm going to go Eric Saubert, the tight end, who I got a chance to see for the first time at the East-West game. And Bucky, he moves around like a wide receiver. Look at him go up, high point the football down the field, run after the catch. You see the speed. He's a legit 4'6 guy, very, very athletic. And to me, 
not ready day one to make a big impact, but this is a long-term play. And where we're sitting in the sixth round, I think he's got a chance to develop into a starter. When we talk about the sixth round, we're talking about guys that are late-round picks, priority free agents, guys that we like. We think they have a couple of redeeming qualities that give them opportunity to develop into players. Sauber certainly showed that on the tape. The guy that I'm going to go with is Ben Boulware because I believe production is also a trait. He has been one of the more productive linebackers in ACC history. He is a seat. Heat-seeking missile Ooh. in the middle. He comes and delivers, has a thump, has a nastiness to his game. I believe he could be an ideal special teams player. Whether he works his way onto the field, that could happen. He has to play behind a nice defensive line. But he can run and chase. He's active. He has the physicality and the nastiness. That will give him a chance. All right, the question people are going to have to ask themselves, Bucky, is this the next Zach Thomas or is this the next Scooby Wright? I think he's better than Scooby, right? Okay, you're going to go he's over better Scooby. Than Scooby. He's you're, better you're than Scooby. You're going Scooby. Bo or Scooby. I, guess. I, won't, I won't go Zach Thomas. He's better than Scooby, though. Somewhere in between Scooby and Zach. All right. A Scooby Zach, <laughs> not a Scooby Snack. Uh, all right, let's go seventh round. I'm going to go to a corner. This is a feisty corner. Sojourn Shelton from Wisconsin, Buck. Uh, first tape I popped in on him, I watched him against uh, Western Michigan Corey Davis. Play well. He matched him, so he he followed him around the whole field. Play well. First play of the game, he got beat on a slant, and uh, Corey Davis broke a couple tackles. Then he was feisty and fought him the rest of the game until the very last play of the game. He gave up a touchdown when the game was kind of in hand. But outside of two plays, dude, this dude was competitive, Buck. I loved I loved his uh, his toughness, his willingness to stick his face in there. He's just a feisty dude. Kind of reminds me of Malcolm Butler, the way he plays. Just kind of all grit, yep. guy, hustle, determination, all that other stuff. Has some traits. In the seventh round, we're looking for guys that have some of that. He has a chance. I'm going to go with the human joystick, I think. Is oh, that is. Him. I love Tariq Cohen, North love Carolina, and T State University. Aggie pride for those who are down that way in Greensboro. This is a guy that can put the ball in the paint. There against my beloved Tar Quicker than a hiccup, outstanding balance, body control, can get in and out. A little slithery, catches the ball well out the backfield, has some home run ability. For a team looking for one of those change of pace guys and a guy that can contribute in the return game, Cohen could be the man. I'm going to go off script here. I know they're not ready for this behind the glass, but can I? Can we roll those highlights one more time of Tariq Cohen? I, I'd like to watch this again, please. I would like to request a special request. To watch some more Tariq Cohen highlights, I can't get enough of him, Bucky. I, I mean, find myself fun. at He's night. Fun. He is. I, I want to watch. A, I want to watch a sitcom. I can't. I just watch. I watch more Tariq Cohen highlights. <laughs> Thank you very much. Just his ability Thank to put the ball the in the paint, like the stop-start quickness, is remarkable and. When you've seen the amount of production that he's been able to compile during his time at A&T, you have to be impressed. The production, the speed, the athleticism, that gives him an opportunity to make a roster as a late-round pick. This is what I like to do at night, Buck. I like to just <laughs> sit here with Tariq Cohen. I like to pull my, like to pull my, uh, pull my remote out, just throw on some Tariq Cohen. That's it. Maybe get you a lemonade. <laughs> I mean, he's a nice player. Oh, he's fun to watch. I'm excited to see where he ends up going in the draft. One of my favorites as well. All right, that was the scout's eye presented by Verizon. A lot of fun there going through round by round the guys that we really, really enjoy watching and and, uh, we're big fans of. All right, Bucky, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Talked about them a little bit earlier. They own the fourth overall pick in this draft. Be interesting to see what they end up doing. But I had a chance to visit with their general manager, David Caldwell, at the Combine to kind of get the, the state of the franchise with the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, here with Jacksonville Jaguars general manager David Caldwell. Dave, in the building phase of this Jags team, the wins haven't been there. Sure. But do you feel like you're on track building a championship caliber team? Well, we do feel like we're on track. I think the additions we made this year, uh, organization with Coach Marone and uh, you know Coach Coughlin coming into the fold, I think is really good for the organization. I think we lost 10 games by a touchdown or less last year, and uh, I think if we can win half of those games this year or even 60% of those games, I think we're going to be looking for a team that's going to be challenging for our division. So what 
was the what was your reaction when you found out Coach Coughlin's going to be, be coming back to the organization? Well, I was all for it. I think this is something that we've been discussing for a while, and uh, I know Shot Khan felt strong about it. So I said, if it's good for the organization, it's good for me, and it has been. I think uh, he reminds me a lot of my mentor, Bill Polian, and uh, uh, both very smart, great football men, and it's great to be able to walk down the hall and, and ask somebody a question and bounce some things off of. Your opinion right now, Blake Bortles, where he is in the process and, and how you feel about him going forward? Well, we feel good about it. I think internally, and it's been good to get another set of eyes, a new coaching staff, new quarterback coach, um, a lot of new coaches on the offense ball, and they all watch him and, and pick them apart from every throw he's made all year. And I think a lot of them have been surprised about his play throughout the year. And uh, the guys accounted for 64 touchdowns over the last two years. And I think that's fifth amongst quarterbacks in the league. So I think he still has a ways to go. He's, he's only been in the league for three years. He's going on his fourth year. But we feel like uh, he's going to be good. And I think the people around him are going to kind of raise the level of talent around him too. So you mentioned Bill Polian. So that's the Colts, and that's a team that went on a long run. You got the pass rushers. You obviously had the quarterback in place. Got a couple big time receivers in Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne. You got the big time tight end. First of all, are you trying to try and duplicate what you had in Indianapolis, and where are you in that process? Yeah, we have, and uh, we feel like we have two good young pass rushers. Yannick Ngakwe was a rookie last year. Dante Fowler, coming off ACL, had a good year. Uh, still has a ways to go to get back to where he was when he came out. But we really tried to. Uh, shore up the interior pass rush with Malik Jackson last year. He had a nice year for us in his first year in the system and feel like he's going to take a step up this year. On the offense side of the ball with the young receivers, Allen Robinson had 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns. Allen Hearns was a 1,000-yard receiver the year before with 10-plus touchdowns. And Marquise Lee is a guy that really came on this past year, and um, we look forward to those three guys really taking a step up this year. Buck, I think some people might scoff at the fact that you say, oh, they're, they're not on track. You look at the losses that have mounted up. But I'm telling you, when you, when you really study this roster in Jacksonville, I feel like we say it every year, this is, there's a lot of good young players on this team. A lot of good young players, a lot of talented players on both sides of the ball. they got skilled players that some teams would be envious of. Uh, Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns, you have Marquise Lee that came on. Uh, got to fix the quarterback and get better quarterback play. But on defense, they have some young, hungry athletes. D-line has come together. They made some moves in the offseason. They should be ready to rock for whatever reason didn't happen, but they seem there appears to be a new level of accountability. Maybe they'll get better performance out there, young guys. Now, when we look at players that we think would be instant impact guys for them, I'll, I'll let you tackle the first round pick here in a second. I'm gonna I'm gonna work backwards and look at who could be there for them in the second round. Evan Ingram, the tight end at Old Miss, who to me is a total mismatch player. You can put him in the slot, flex him out. You basically have a wide receiver on your hands. I mean, he, the way he ran, he ran low 4'4", 230-plus pounds. He's six foot three. Um, he is going to be a nightmare for both linebackers and safeties. Flex him out, let him do that. Put him on the wing, let him be an H-back. You can put his hand on the ground if you want. I think you'd probably be wasting him if you do that. But I just think he's a mismatched player and somebody would fit very nicely surrounded by all those weapons Dave Caldwell was talking about on the outside. you got to continue to surround the quarterback with weapons, regardless of whether it's Blake Borders or if you identify a young quarterback going forward. You need to make sure that the things are in place for them to succeed. Evan Ingram would give them an opportunity to be able to have all of that in the passing game. The guy that I would like to point to in the running game, Leonard Fournette as a bell cow running back, to me, would be a game changer because they need to be a tougher team in a division that is becoming increasingly more physical. Tennessee Titans have changed the way they're going about doing business. I know the Indianapolis Colts want to get back to being a physical team. The Jacksonville Jaguars need to be physical. They need to be able to run the ball when they want to run it and when everyone knows they are going to run it. Leonard Fournette gives them that 
bell cow running back to hang their hat on. That wouldn't be a bad one-two punch there. If you got Leonard Fournette at four and you came back in the second round and picked up an, an Evan Ingram, man, you talk about really adding some juice there to the offense. Uh, that would do it. Now, I, I brought this up the other day on TV, talking about the Jags and Blake Bortles and the potential that maybe they could take a quarterback like a Deshaun Watson with the fourth overall pick. Now, neither one of us have a quarterback graded that high in this draft, but just the topic of bringing in a quarterback and why it could make some sense. Competition breeds success. When you bring it, create a competitive environment, you make people earn their spots, you certainly get better play. Blake Bortles has been able to be the quarterback for three years and really been unchallenged. Well, you bring in one of these young quarterbacks that we're talking about, Deshaun Watson, Mr. Trubisky, Deshaun Kaiser, Patrick Mahomes, and make him compete on a daily basis, one or two things are going to happen. He's either going to get better, much like Drew Brees got better when Phillip Rivers came in, or one of these young guys are going to pass him by. But for the organization, it's a win-win. I think you have to consider it. If there's one of those guys there, maybe not at the fourth pick, but when you get to the top of the second round, if there's a young quarterback with the traits that we like in our offense, I think you can make pull the trigger and make him that quarterback. Push Blake Borders. He hasn't earned the right to just kind of coast. Here's the thing. You're going to have to make a decision pretty soon on whether or not you're going to pay Blake Bortles. You're going to end up making a lot more money than what he was making on that rookie contract. If you get a rookie now, you're going to have salary cap or, or control over this position at a very, very low number, which is going to allow you to add more weapons around him, fix that offensive line. The defense, I think, is ready to rock and roll. So there, there is an argument to be made of why they could look at a quarterback. I think at the end of the day, push comes to shove. Uh, they're going to they're gonna stick with Blake Bortles and try and give him some help instead of trying to replace him. Well, I think so. I think there's a time when you take a guy third overall, you are really invested in his success and his progress, so they're going to give him every opportunity to fail. With that being said, got to win some games in Jacksonville, and they've simplified the system. It's a system where any of these young quarterbacks can come and play because Nathaniel Hackett worked miracles in Syracuse with Ryan Nassib. He understands how to kind of use some of those college concepts to help young quarterbacks. Get you getting your NASA dig in there. I didn't dig him. He uh, did work miracles that, with him. That was a dig. It was a NASA. It's an old grudge Bucky's not, had. Bucky did not like NASA, okay? He didn't like him. I wasn't in love with him. I didn't think he was a first-round pick. I didn't either. Uh, let's, uh, let's go on now. This is my favorite part of the show. We do this every week. We talk about uh, our time on the road, all the time on the Move of Sticks podcast. We get a chance when we visit with these general managers to get their stories back in the day when they were area scouts. I remember palling around with David Caldwell back in the day. Shoot, we were all together, Bucky, doing the West Coast and, and all these different pro days, all these different stories. There are some good ones, but I think Dave saved the best one for last, and this is the one he told me the other day about his road story. I spent a good portion of time with Richard Simmons in the L.A. airport one day. What? How about that? There you go. Did you talk with him? We did. We sat down. We chatted quite a bit. I actually think we took a little photo, too. All right. A, I got to get that picture. I'll see if I and can find B, it. what did Richard Simmons have to say? Uh, he, he just kind of nothing. Is he a football fan? No. He didn't even know who I was. We just sat down and started talking. Did you tell him what you did? No. No. God, that's fantastic. Yeah. I got the picture, by the way. Oh, gosh. It's good. <laughs> uh, it's good. All right, that was a uh, that was a jam packed show today, Buck, and we are just a week away. We're gonna have a big show next week, though, coming live from Philadelphia. So we'll be there and have all kinds of goodies, all kinds of uh, information. What we're hearing last minute, what we think could happen. Uh, starting to get a little excited here. Really excited about the draft. Can't wait for it to be over. All right, we are we are we are done today, but we'll be back next week, and it will officially be draft week. I cannot wait. Thank you so much for checking us out again. This is Move the Sticks presented by the U.S. Marine Corps. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts.
You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home too? The place to do it is errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love. Online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at errands. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max Powertrain Unlimited and Platinum Trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. 